And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Monday, August 21st. This is On Deck. I'm Stephen Nesbitt, and I'm joined by Levi Weaver. Levi, last we checked in on you, not feeling so great. How are you doing today? I don't have a fever anymore. I also don't remember anything that I said on Wednesday, so I apologize if it was just like me speaking in broad generalities and discussing things like time travel. I was just all hopped up on NyQuil and fever meds. So doing a little bit better now, hopefully. Good. Glad to hear it. All right. What are we doing today? Today, we are going to talk about the New York freaking Yankees who are making the news one way or another in all ways at all times. Uh, we are also going to preview our series of the week, and we are going to check in on our arms race slash Homer chase and uh, see if I can make a, a stunning comeback in one, see if I can put a finish to my worthy opponent. Sorry, I'm still not quite back to full health, so I don't have any good joke intros. That was just actually what we're really doing on the show this week. <laughs> no, he really is going to bury me in one category and is, is making a massive comeback. Spoiler. And the other, so Levi, I actually want to mention, because I just saw this before we hopped on, you know, we're seeing a bunch of call-ups. This has nothing to do with the Yankees because we got to start, start positive here. Seen a bunch of call-ups because of the time of season it is, uh, you know, rookie status being preserved and all that. But a, a notable one today at a lower level, I don't know if you saw this, the uh, Padres, after nine games at high A, are calling up 17-year-old catching prospect Ethan Salas to double A. This dude turned 17 on June 1st. We're going to get a catcher in the majors at 18 years old. Like next season. If you're at double A, you're, you're here next season. I mean, unless he just comes out and completely flops at double A, which there's no reason to believe that that's going to be the case. But it it is the biggest jump, right, in the minor leagues, going from high A to double A. That's kind of where you start to get actual like capital P prospects that are on the verge of the big leagues. You really get your first taste of like, OK, this is the big boys. So we'll see how he does the rest of this year. But yeah, there's a very good chance that he becomes the first teenage catcher since Pud Rodriguez. Has there been one since then? I think that was it. Yeah, I'm here for it. And, and I understand if an organization says, look, if we want him here by even 20 years old, then we need to be putting him with the better pitching prospects with our best coaches and, and all the way up the, you know, the chain. I, I understand that makes sense. So it just, it looks extremely aggressive. I'm sure they have a plan. It's fun. People love to see, you know, teenagers doing this type of thing. So welcome to double A, Ethan Salas. And then now to the real news of the day, the Yankees spiraling to uh, an eight-game losing streak. I saw this is the longest losing streak they've had since August of 95. I don't know. You were doing a 95. I was a four-year-old walking around in Ipuy, France, so had no idea about the Yankees at that point. So I was 15, struggling in uh, Rio Vista, Texas, population 509. So I think you were doing better in 1995 than I was. <laughs> same same population, just different countries. So the Red Sox are just coming off of a, a sweep of the Yankees. The Yankees had previously been swept by um, Atlanta, if I have that straight. And 
the Yankees, the good news for them is they almost had a lead in this series. That went out the window in the eighth inning on Sunday when um, IKF, Isaiah kind of for Leffa, got thrown out at the plate on a very good relay play, and that was it. Justin Turner put the finishing touches on with a go-ahead double in the ninth inning off of uh, Clay Holmes. That was a sweep there. And so on our previous show, I mentioned the three-headed dragon meme where Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole were the strong, healthy ones, and the rest of the team was the Joker one. And Garrett Cole gets banged around in this in this series. Six runs, four innings, uh, didn't look good, and he's up over a, over a three ERA. So I don't know what kind of damage that'll do to his Cy Young candidacy. I think he's still got a really good case, but bottom line is this team is firmly in last place. It was a battle between the fourth and fifth teams in the in the AL East, a division that's not going to slow down for them. Apparently, you're seeing, you're seeing talk now that there was a, a closed-door meeting at some point. Uh, I was reading MLB.com's uh, version of this closed-door meeting with uh, Aaron Boone talking to uh, Hal Seinbrenner and Brian Cashman. I just don't know what comes of this for the Yankees. It seems like they must be preparing to make some big decisions here because this team is, uh, they're out of it. They're out of it, and you got to make some big decisions coming for the offseason. Would you like to guess where the Yankees rank in starting pitching ERA in the month of August? So we're talking post-deadline. It's horrible. By the time this thing airs, it's going to be uh, August 21st. You got basically three weeks of data to work with here. Yankee starting pitching. Where- I just saw Brito got completely uh, rocked. Uh, that must have been Friday's game. And I, it's going to be really bad. So I'm putting them, I'll give myself a little cushion, but like 26th. You should not have given yourself any cushion. They're 750 ERA, and this is not <laughs> counting Sunday's game. 750 ERA from starting pitchers dead last in the big leagues in August. They've had the worst starting rotation. And that's a rotation that includes Garrett Cole, by the way, has been the worst starting rotation in the big leagues since the month of August started. They've been just bad. Like I was looking at the numbers and there's just not anybody that's standing out as being exceptionally good right now. Anthony Volpe has been our, when you're talking about your three-headed monster, like there might be a, another little head trying to grow up like a little little baby head between the other two good ones. And Anthony Volpe's been just fine. I think he's going to be a solid big leaguer, probably here for a long time to come. But everything else has just been very mediocre in the pitching, very mediocre in the hitting. Month of August, they, they have a 372 slugging. That's 25th in the big leagues. And this is a team that has both Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge in the lineup. And they still have the 25th best slugging percentage in the sport for the month of August. It's just bad. At some point, it doesn't help to do any more analysis. Just like whatever you look at, you look at anything you want. It's all bad. It's not good. In the long run, like Volpe coming on late in the season, in his rookie season, that's that, that could be great news for them, right? There are a lot of questions about just how, you know, after all this fanfare, uh, the second coming of Derek Jeter here, uh, you know, just how ready this kid actually was for the majors and to make an impact with his bat. And uh, he's doing it. That's great. So in the long run, that's that's awesome. They have their shortstop. They're, they're all set there. But this rotation is an unmitigated disaster behind Garrett Cole. I have to look at this again. I think Garrett Cole has an opt-out after this year. I think if he opts out, I'm talking completely out of left field here. So that could be wrong in parts of this. But I think if he opts out, they can choose to pick up like an extra couple of years or something like that, or it guarantees the rest of his deal or something like that. Anyway, I don't think he's going to opt out. I definitely don't. I'm not saying that. But behind him, they made a decision to bring in Carlos Rodon, which seemed like a great decision, right? They had let Jamison Tyone walk. I'm trying to think of who else has gone from what they had a year ago. But then Nestor Cortez has not been the same pitcher. Frankie Montas has been hurt the whole time. Domingo Herman is now out seeking treatment. And, oh, Luis Severino has been terrible. Moving forward, I don't know who you actually feel good about. 
Rodon, you assume good health moving forward, but that's two guys in a rotation that needs five. And I don't feel really good about almost anybody there, even though, you know, Clark Schmidt could be a good number four, number five, but I don't think you want him as your number three. So they're going to have to make some moves in the, in the rotation in this off season. And they also need a lot of help in the lineup. So I don't know where you can count on them going. I mean, it's to the point that they let they're, they're having Michael King start games now, right? Like maybe that's the answer to bring, just let one of these relievers start games. Clay Holmes was a, a failed reliever in the Pirates organization. Go, go throw him out there for six. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. Let's get to our series of the week. I know that series is both singular and plural, but every time I say it, get to our series of the week and people think there's only one series of the week. No, there's two. And that's frustrating to me every week. Just a little peek behind the curtains. Just going to take the fourth wall down for all of our listeners and let you know. It bothers me every week when I say series of the week and then I have to mispronounce it on purpose. I am looking at the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox. The Astros just got their Astros handed to them by the Mariners over the weekend. They now only lead Seattle by a half game. They're back two and a half games in the division in the AL West. They are only a half game up on the Seattle Mariners who have been absolutely on fire. I still think that Houston's dangerous. I think that they have as good a chance to overtake the Rangers as anybody. But when you look at their pitching rotation, it's been a little shaky. You know, Framber Valdez, hey, no hitter, that's great. But he's also got a 471 ERA for the for the month, and his FIP and XFIP are are not suggesting that he's had any bad luck. Christian Javier, 565. His peripherals are actually even worse than that. Jose Urquidy, 523. He's had a little bit of bad luck. Even Justin Verlander, 450 ERA this month. Uh, Hunter Brown, 450. JP France is the only one that's really had a strong, strong, consistent August. That's a 220 ERA, but his FIP is for his 
XFIP 472, so he's maybe gotten a, a little bit of luck. One thing on Verlander, he is only this month pitched to a 6.5 K per nine, which is kind of that's lower than you expect to see from him. That's not exactly the Verlander you expect to see. Also, an interesting thing for Verlander, by the way, like I want to I want to look at the contrast between Verlander and Hunter Brown. I don't know how this works, so maybe you can help me out. Verlander has a 450 ERA this month. His FIP is 393. So you go, okay, a little little bit of bad luck. His ex-FIP is 523. That's worse. Hunter Brown, on the other hand, exact same ERA, 450. His FIP, 569, but his ex-FIP is 350. And it makes me think that it's almost like they just got those two pitchers confused when they were filling in the columns. But I trust Fangrass did not. They do good work. Do you know how ex-FIP works and how to explain that? Because I don't. No, I, I, have no, I have no clue. Okay. Well, then that's just a little statistical oddity that I'm sure one of our listeners will let us know. Okay, hold on. Hold on. It uses projected home run rate instead of actual home runs allowed. Oh. So let's okay. just let's just say that and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then move clearly on. That's duh. I was just making sure you knew. The Astros offense has been better of late. Jose Altuve has been worth 1.3 F4 in August. He's hitting 1094 OPS. So he's back to being Altuve. Kyle Tucker's been great. Six home runs this month. Yaner Diaz is an interesting one. He has a 986 OPS this month. OPS, as we all know, is on base plus slugging. Would you like to guess how many walks Yaner Diaz has in the month of August to boost the on-base percentage of OPS? I don't know anything about his profile. I'm going to say he doesn't have very many. He has zero walks in August. Yes. He has 279 plate appearances this year has a total of six walks. This man does not take his walks, and yet he is still a productive big leaguer. That is that is like me playing MLB The Show, is what that is. With the so, slug to the work. Yeah. yeah. So the Astros looking good despite, good-ish on the offense, not so great on the pitching, uh, despite getting getting uh, swept by the Mariners. I still think I like them in this series over Boston. Boston is 66 and 58. They are three games behind Seattle for that final wild card spot. Their rotation, Cutter Crawford, James Paxton, Brian Bayo, Chris Sale, Nick Pavetta, all of them have been kind of like Cutter Crawford's been pretty good, but his peripherals have all been not so good. Same for James Paxton. On the offensive side, the Red Sox, have you ever done the thing where you go, I don't know that player? And then you look him up and you're like, oh, wait, that guy? I did that today with Pablo Reyes. I was like, who is... Pablo Reyes, 986 OPS for the Red Sox. I'm like, I don't think I know Pablo Reyes. I need to be watching more Red Sox games. Who is Pablo? And I pull it up. I'm like, oh, that guy from the from the Pirates and the Brewers, like the, the utility infielder. He has been tearing it up for the Red Sox this year. Who knew? Not me. I need to watch more Red Sox games. I was looking back at my uh, old tweets the other night of Pablo, just searching Steven Jenez, but on Twitter, on X, Pablo Reyes. Pablo Reyes is a National League's Gold Glove right fielder. I was feeling him that day. The rain continues. Please ask me, please ask me questions about Pablo Reyes. Uh, John Becker of Hangrass asked me, better pl- baseball player, Pablo Sanchez or Pablo Reyes? I mean, people in 2018, September 2018, were really, really um, loud about this guy. And uh, really, it was just it was just me. And uh, here we go. Here's the last one for me. Uh, September 26th. I will submit my National League Rookie of the Year vote this weekend. In the interim, I must ask you the Pablo Reyes campaign to please stop flooding my inbox. I get it. So... I still found down the road of this guy who really didn't show up until 2023 as, as an impact bat. Well, yeah, he's here now. He's helping the Red Sox. Who has not been helping the Red Sox quite as much as I expected? Trevor Story. He's uh, this month hitting just 200. 
uh, with a 558 OPS, kind of getting a slow start back, which I guess might be to be expected when you miss as much time as he has. I still think I like the Astros in this series, but if the Red Sox can come around and do the same thing that the Mariners did and beat up on the Astros as they chase that uh, wild card spot, that could make the wild card a little bit more interesting. My series of the week, I waffled a little bit, <laughs> picking uh, actually two misfires. First, I, I did the uh, Twins-Brewers, which I liked, and then I found out it was a two-game series. I can't go with a two-game series. I can't get up for a two-game series. And then I said, okay, Rangers-Diamondbacks. That has some real implications. Another two-game series. I'm not going to go with that. So what did I settle on? I settled on the Phillies hosting the Giants. These are two wildcard teams currently, uh, first and second in the NL wildcard spots. Philly up two and a half currently on San Francisco pending Sunday night results, which are happening now, and they're down 4 nothing. It would immediately down 4 nothing in that game to the Nationals in the uh, Little League uh, Classic. I think it started like single, 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 double, single before they got the first out. Have, have that right? seen, by the way, some of the bats that the Phillies players are using? That's like the bats you were making for Sandlot. Yeah. Yes, I love it. So San Francisco only a half game up on the Cubs, though, and then one and a half up on Arizona, Cincinnati, Miami. So they are in a vulnerable position, as I'll, as I'll get to in a second. So the Phillies, you kind of you kind of know what this team is. They've had some really good starting pitching, and the lineup has enough guys who can mash to, to figure things out. Jake Cave has been great lately with Brandon Marsh out. Brandon Marsh just got back. Bryce Harper has been on fire. I still think they're going to figure something out and they're going to maintain their lead in one of these wild card spots. So I think they're okay. The Giants, though, I think, are a more interesting team because they just do not pass the sniff test. Like, I think they can really be caught by one or any of these teams. Arizona is a good one. Cincinnati, I still think if they can figure out their pitching and get healthy, which they're beginning to. They're interesting. So the Giants have lost over their past two weeks of games. They're four and ten. They lost just lost two or three to the Braves. Just called up um, top prospect Kyle Harrison, lefty, who numbers are not super pretty right now at AAA. Big strikeouts, big walk numbers too, unfortunately. But going from pitching in the PCL to home games at Oracle Park, like is a is a world different. So maybe that's going to work out for them. They are a team that's just driven by rookies this year. They just called uh, Luis Matos and Casey Schmidt back up. And uh, Patrick Bailey has been great for them this year. So can they figure it out? Yeah, maybe. But it just does not look to me like a, like you just look at that lineup. It does not look like a playoff lineup to me. And as I was researching this team a little bit, I accidentally stumbled on this fact because I was like, when, you know, who's stealing bases for them right now? Because I know they have Tyra Estrada. He can steal some bases and hit some homers. Actually, I stumbled on the fact they have uh, fewer steals than any team in baseball, 46. Uh, the Rockies at 47. Uh, Ronald Acuna and Estuary Ruiz both have more steals than the entire Giants team this season. The Giants have not stolen a base in the past 25 games. This is a what? season like they're begging teams to steal. 25 games. Acuna has doing? 12 since they have one. I was looking at the kind of the breakdown of their season. The first day after the All-Star break, they stole three against the Pirates. Successfully stole three bags. And then they have two since the first day after the All-Star break. So this team is afraid of running. Oh, yeah. Producer Brian, big Giants guy. So he's he's trying to make excuses. Estrada was hurt a lot of that time recently. Okay, that honestly is a good excuse for why he isn't running. But the rest of the team, lead-footed, I guess. The probables for the series, Kyle Harrison against Aaron Nola, Alex Cobb against Tywin Walker, and Logan Webb against Michael Lorenzen. I mean, it's that rotation for the Giants works. It's just really, really short. How long can you work with three guys um, when injuries befall you? So the honorable mention series I wanted to throw out there, I already mentioned the two gamers. Toronto at Baltimore is a big one. A lot of implications there because Seattle is coming. And uh, Seattle's caught up to 
uh, if I'm not mistaken, they've already caught up to the Blue Jays yep, and taken their playoff spot. Ahead. Yep, that also means that Seattle against uh, Chicago is an interesting one. The White Sox, because the White Sox are not good. However, they're hosting the hottest team in baseball, six games in a row, six wins in a row for Seattle. And when you combine that with the fact that Texas has lost four in a row, Houston has lost three in a row, uh, boy, they've made made up a lot of ground here. You know, we, we didn't want to have them as the lead again today because we've done that like twice in a row. But our our debate of can this team, you know, make the playoffs? Would you bet on them or or Toronto? I mean, this is uh, I should have gone with my gut. The other direction now. I should have just gone with it and been like, yep, it's Seattle. And the last thing I I needed to say because I'm getting like propaganda from from Tigers fans is they've had some terrific hitting lately from some of the young hitters. They're still not a good baseball team, but uh, Spencer Torkelson, Kerry Carpenter, both over uh, 1.2 OPS in the last two weeks. Riley Green, Akil Badu figuring things out. So there, brother Dan, I've talked about the Tigers. Moving on to the on-deck arcade. We got to, we got to, maybe we just breeze through this one. We're running long on time. There's not okay, really any yeah, need to talk yeah, about this. I don't need to gloat. Yeah, okay. let's, let's breeze through it. Okay, the arms race. We pick one starting pitcher every weekend. Uh, we can only pick each someone from each team once. And so we're getting down toward the bottom of the barrel. But I went with Max Scherzer this week, and you went with Justin Steele from the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Steele's line, pretty simple. Six innings, six hits, two runs, both earned. No homers, no walks, seven strikeouts. That's a game score 2.0, our favorite number, of 66. That's a great number. Uh, at, that wins you a lot of weeks. Uh, Max Scherzer went out against uh, Milwaukee on Sunday, so we don't have his game score 2.0. However, his line, three and two-thirds, three hits, three runs, all earned. No homers, four walks, four strikeouts. So I'm going to just say this one's going in your favor, which puts us, unfortunately, at I think it's like 12 to 3 in your favor. So the horse has left the barn. This is curtains for me uh, on this, but we'll keep going and enjoy our arms race uh, because I really want to see who you're picking when you're down to like the Nats. You know, you only have them and Oakland, you know. So that's where that's where we are. It's funny yeah. you should mention that. Let's, oh, good. Let's, let's go oh, ahead good. and move on to the, okay. to the home run chase. So the more the more dramatic, you know, half of our competition here, the homer chase, we pick one player each week, similar rules, except that it's cumulative. Uh, we have a guy for a whole week and tally up his homers and it gets to our total. I was had a nice three homer lead entering the week. I've been leading since uh, late May. And yet I picked Corbin Carroll. You picked Christian Walker. I said more at bats, more plate appearances for Corbin Carroll. He's just got a few less homers. He hasn't homered since July 23rd. I hadn't really looked that up. And uh, he had zero this week. And Christian Walker went ahead and hit four homers in the first three days of the week. So Levi, you have the lead 22 to 21. And you've gone on such a tear. You have nine homers to my two in the last three weeks. Yes! I was convinced that I was toast in this game. I thought I was yeah. done. Christian Walker went nuts. Christian and I'm lucky he like took the second half of the week off because it was bad. So so with that, I'm going to make my pick first. And there are a couple a couple teams I've saved, and this is one of them. The Miami Marlins, I'm going to go with Jorge Soler. Let me Google and make sure he's healthy because that would be pretty, that'd be pretty embarrassing. He's at 32 homers on the year, and he, um, he goes to San Diego and then is home against the Nationals. It's not like a dream matchup, but um, he just had a couple homers the other day, so he's healthy. Thank goodness. But I'm going to go with Jorge Soler. There, there's a backup option I felt pretty good about, but um, there's no like going to Coors this week that I was going to take advantage of. So I actually did a slight bit of research on this one too. While I was looking up the Yankees uh, ERA, I happened to look to see who which which team is giving up the most home runs per nine this month. 
The Yankees are first. They are allowing the most home runs per nine in all of baseball this month. Uh, the Miami Marlins are third. And it just so turns out that the Washington Nationals are playing the Yankees and the Marlins this week. So of the uh, vast number of slugging prodigies on the Washington Nationals, I, I mean, I picked the Caber Ruiz. He's hit the most home runs for them this month. So I'm, I'm choosing Caber Ruiz. Let's see what let's see what happens. I did not have Caber Ruiz as, as someone who's going to get picked this year. No, it was him or Lane Thomas. Ruiz has a higher slugging percentage, and I just figured he had a better chance of getting into one. So here we go. Listen, the way you've been rolling, I'm not going to say anything negative about that pick because it's going to turn out wonderfully for you, I'm sure. It is time for us to get out of here. Thanks to uh, all of you for listening. Thanks to Brian for producing today's show. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $2 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. Sign up for The Windup, The Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Coming up next in your feed, Starkville with special guest Jed Hoyer. The Cubs president of baseball ops joins Jason Stark and Doug Glanville, and you're not going to want to miss that conversation. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 32EFIS, and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. The two of us will be back on Thursday with more of What's on Deck. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.